It's, it's signs so we can be assured of who Jesus is, that he's not just an ordinary man, he's not just a teacher, but he comes, he is um, God himself, he is divine. It's seven signs of his divinity. Uh, Liar. So the, the four we've already done, we've done water into wine, which Nigel did, which was fabulous. They had the healing of the, the, the royal official son. Gary did that one. Great job. And then we had the paralyzed man from Nick Tucker. I saw Nick this morning. There he is. That was a, another good one. And then we had the, the feeding of the 5,000 by Alistair last week. I missed that one. So, but I, I hear that it was good. You happy? This week is uh, walking on water. I think I've got a picture somewhere. I think that's gone, that sound. No more sounds. Um, John, John wrote for us. He gave us this verse. Why? Why he wrote the, the Bible and why he had these seven signs. He says, but these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So t- today we're going to just be looking at, as you say, uh, walking on water. Don't you love that? Look at the feet prints and the... Who's done it? I, 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 used, to, um, I used to run um, the um, beach mission in Condidno. Um, uh, so I did it one summer. Now, the hassle with running a beach mission is they expect you to sleep on a church floor. And I wasn't very happy with the church floor situation because everyone else had bought pump-up beds, and I forgot that I needed pump-up beds. So it was church floor. Uh, but the local hotel came out and said, so Steve, would you come and preach in the hotel? And if you preach in the hotel, we'll give you bread and breakfast for the week. <laughs> Beach mission went posh. So I was like, yes. So I was speaking on different things of, of, um, about Jesus at this, this hotel in the evening. And um, I went down, and I don't know if you know Condino, it's got two beaches. One where the sand is and the, and, the, and the thing, but they've got another one. And it's quieter and, and still. And I was at that one. I was sat down. I got my Bible open. And I'm reading this story, how Jesus walks in the water. And I'm just looking out at the sea. And it's like, as flat as it can be. So I say to God, how about me having a little walk on the sea? I won't tell if you won't tell. And, uh, and then I, I could feel, I feel that it, it's not a step, step of faith, it's a leap of faith. So I went right down to the edge, because it was like big steps down. Huh? I got to the edge, and I went, it's a leap of faith, leap of faith. So quick run round, back in, maybe I tell the people in the hotel, but no one else. I went, one, two, three, and I leaped, and I landed on the water for... A milliseconds. <laughs> then I sunk to almost this depth, <laughs> freezing cold water, which would have, yeah, I mean, it would have been fine if you didn't have to go and speak in a hotel, but then I had to grab my Bible, squelch across the road, get into, into the room, open my Bible and say, let's read together. And they're just looking at me going, 
the story of Jesus walking on the water. <laughs> I went, it's not an easy thing, you know. You should give it a go, is all I'm saying. You never know. The Bible says if you don't ask, you don't receive. Okay, so, uh, so today, we're all going to have a go. Maybe not. <laughs> um, the story appears in three out of the four Gospels. Can anyone tell me which gospel it doesn't appear in? Brownie points. So one in four guests, so just go for it. Sorry, Rowena? Not Matthew? Not Mark? (laughs) Obviously, it's in John. (laughs) That's where we're taking it from. So it's not in Luke. So so the story follows on from the feeding of the 5,000. But for some reason, Luke's gone... It's only walking in water, and he's not put it in, but the others have done. And then the thing is, with this story, more than any other story in the Bible, it differs from each of the Gospels. So I thought, now we have time, we'll read all three. You up for that? Good. So we're going to open our Bibles, if you got them electronically, or these sort of uh, big ones. Um, We're looking at John chapter, no, we'll start Mark chapter 6, and then we'll go to Matthew, then we'll finish up in John. So Mark chapter 6. And we'll read at verse 45. It says this, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat and then with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. And when they crossed over, they landed at Gennaraset and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region, carrying the sick on mats to wherever they, they, they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Matthew chapter 14. Very similar language, but there's an extra bit in. See if you can get the extra bit. Uh, Verse 22. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up into the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerably distanced from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When his disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. 
Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out uh, his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they crossed over, they landed in uh, uh, Genesaret. Um, and when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all the sick to him, and he begged them to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. John chapter 6. Last one. John 6, and we'll start at uh, verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into the boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. And when they had rowed about three, four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that the only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but, but that, that he had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed in, near the place where the people had eaten the bread of the Lord and the, and, and the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that it was neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats and went to Capernaum in search for Jesus. Cool. Easy, isn't it? A lovely bit of scripture. Jesus walking on water um, and what have we got to learn? Let me, let me just make something clear this morning. If you ask, you will receive. If you ask, you will receive. Sometimes we don't ask enough. James tells us that. You didn't get what you asked for in prayer because you didn't ask. We need to learn to ask. The interesting thing, I think, for me is in this story is, is actually the last bit of what Alistair did last week. After he'd fed the 5,000, it says this. After the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is, the, who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing what they intended um, to come and, and make, they intended to come and make him king by force, he withdrew again to the mountainside by himself. So this idea that the crowd sort of realizing that this guy is someone special. This is a man we've been waiting for. This is a Messiah. And, and they were going to force his hand because they've been waiting a long time. They've been waiting for the Messiah to come. Why? Because they needed rescuing from the Romans. They knew if that when Messiah comes, they, 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 they had this in their head that he was going to shove the Romans out, going to shove them to the sea, and that they again would be returned to the land of what used to be like when David was king. They were hoping for that sort of Messiah, that one that would establish itself and that they would be a great nation again, not under these overlords, these Romans who made their life hell. They wanted to, to rule themselves, so they were desperately looking for this Messiah. And the disciples 
thought that too. They had no... <laughs> They had no real idea who Jesus was. It took them a long time to get it. And, and all the way through, they're thinking, this is the Messiah. One day, his kingdom's going to come, and we're going to rule with him. We're going to be like David's best pals and all that sort of... And, and, and so Jesus is sitting when he sees this crowd who want to forcibly make him king. And he's like, this isn't God's will. He has to rescue his disciples, rather than them get caught up in the argument. So he tells them, get in the boats and clear off. And that's what they do. And he then goes and dismisses the crowd. Don't you wish that that was, that was like that Jesus could step in and do that for us? How many of us face arguments, fights? Here we are on Mother's Day. I can do four days with my mother before we start to clash. She's a lovely woman, and I think she must be like me, because I'm the most laid-back person I know. I'm really, I get on with everyone, but after four days, we just rub each other up. So I usually have to go and visit someone else. <laughs> my mum used to throw Mars bars at me when I was a kid. She'd just go, have some chocolate, get out, leave me alone. <laughs> but wouldn't you like Jesus to step in? My granny and my mum's sister went to Cardiff to a wedding. On the way home, they had an argument in the car. And so my gran stopped the car at the side of the motorway and asked her to get out. And she did. And they never spoke again for 40, 50 years. Arguments happen. They happen in your life. You, you might be going through, you know, you, mean, you might be hating work because of the fighting going on at work. It might be something at home. You know I mean, there's arguments and, and fights at home. You just want peace and rest from it. It may have been something that's said to you years ago, but it's still grinding in you, and you just can't find rest and peace from it. Hear Jesus, rather than allowing the disciples to get caught up in all this, he sends them away to escape. I believe if you ask Jesus in, in these difficult things, that you can find rest and peace. Because half the time is, is learning to forgive. And that's on us. And I think sometimes by forgiving, you can find that peace and rest. So maybe today, that's what you need to do. And I dare you to do it. Because I really do believe that you can find peace. Let me pray. Father, for those right now who struggle, and there's some sort of fighting argument going on, Father, may, Jesus, may you do something. Step in. May they find peace and rest. Restitution for it. We ask as we've been told to ask in your name. And so we do. Amen. There's more to the sermon. Don't you think that's the end? <laughs> There's pages of this stuff. Hours. I don't know what time he dismissed that crowd, but that was before dark. So I reckon, say, 7 o'clock. 
And it says they're in the third watch of the night, which means between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And it says it's just before dawn. So I imagine it's closer to the 6. So they've been out rowing for hours against the, 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 the tide and against the wind, and they're just not getting anywhere. There's a lot of energy for not a lot of movement. I have a friend called Paul who's a surfer, and he told me a story of um, why he doesn't surf anymore. And I was like, well, tell me, what, what, what put you off? He went, I went surfing, and I came off. And he says, I was struggling. And, and the way to, to, to find rest is you've got to swim beyond the breakers, and there you can get back on your board, and you can, and things. But he said, he was swimming for all his worth. But every time he got so far, he got hit by a wave and spinned upside down. He, said, he just couldn't seem to get past the breakers. The tide, the current, everything was against him. And he thought he was going to die. These disciples are in that same position. They're, they're trying to get on, but they can't. They're stuck, stuck. They're going nowhere fast. They're rowing and rowing, but not going anywhere. Do you feel like that? That you feel stuck? Stuck in life. You're, you're rowing for all your life's worth, but you're not getting anywhere. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in the same job. You hate it, but you have to turn up every day. Maybe you're stuck in the, the same routine. Maybe you feel like you're, you're stuck in a, in a relationship. Jesus asks us to, to ask, and I dare you to ask. If you're stuck, you can ask for help. So let's pray. So Father, I pray for those who are stuck, who feel they're stuck at work, doing something they don't enjoy or in a relationship that, 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 that seems to be um, not gaining ground. Father, I pray that you step in. In Jesus' name, step in and make something happen. Either lead them to a new job. I pray you put people around uh, these people who are struggling in relationship. Give insight. May they find ground. But I thank you that we can come to you in all circumstances. For we ask this in your name. Amen. In Mark, he gives clues to who Jesus is. He says this, he says, so Jesus is walking on the water. He comes to them walking on the water, and he's going to pass by them. He's going to pass by. And you, I don't know about you, but if you, it's like my spider senses are going off here. Because can you remember anything in the Old Testament about someone passing by? Elijah. Yeah, that's one. There was two of them. Oh, well, I spoke to Rachel. She came up with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no. <laughs> and another one. 
Moses, yeah, so the two. So remember, Moses, uh, God says, I'm going to pass by. And he puts him in this, this, this rock and puts his hand over him as he walks past and lets him see, see him a glimpse from, from behind. He passes by. That word passes by. And then you have Elijah, similar thing. You know what I mean? Come out when, when you hear my voice. Remember, there's an earthquake, wind, fire, and all that. And he comes out as God passes by. Passes by. I'm sure if you were, you know I mean, reading this and you were Jewish, you'd be going, oh. Oh, I know this. This is, this is, this is a hint who, who this person is. We get lots of hints in the Bible. Who, who is, this is, I can never say it, Job. 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 Job 9, verse 8 says this. This is a clue, okay? He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He alone treads on the waves of the sea. We know it's not Peter who's God because he sinks. But the other guy out there doesn't sink. Maybe that could be a clue. If the only one who can walk in water is God, maybe there's a hint here of who Jesus is. He comes out to them walking on the water. Have you ever been somewhere spooky? I used to deliver milk, and it used to be halfway through the night. We'd always deliver milk. And there's a little place where I grew up called Livingston Village. It's the oldest part. Livingston's like a new town. But we have this little old bit called Livingston Village, ancient. And it had this old church with a big graveyard. And the manse was beyond the church, beyond the graveyard. I used to hate taking the milk down to the door because it was creepy. It was dark, and when it was like autumn, the trees moved. And I'd take this milk down, and you get to the door. And one day, I'm putting the milk down on the step. Sure, I can hear something. And as I'm just about to put it on the step, a cat jumps on my back. <laughs> Being very, very manly, I scream, drop the milk, and do that. Ooh, all the lights in the house come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, so sorry about the milk. I'll go and get you some more. It's creepy. It can be creepy. Because when we see graveyards and churches, it's like... Rrr. In Jesus' day, the creepy bit is the water. Because they believed it's from the water that the evil comes into the world. It's through that chaos. And so when they're out at sea, you don't want to be out in the night. You don't want to be out when it's stormy. Because that's where all the creepy eviliness comes out. So they're out there in the dark, rowing for their life, when someone goes, Ghost! Can you imagine that? <laughs> if you saw it, could you imagine how you freaked? Jesus says, It is I, do not fear. Is it ringing? Spider senses are going off again. It is I. It is I. It's a strange phrase. It is I. It is I. Don't, they all say it. It is I. Don't be afraid. It comes from the Greek. I did memorize this. Now I've forgotten it. Ego. Where's Graham? Graham's in. He's upstairs. Typical. <laughs> ego, I, I, uh, ego, I, I aim. And it comes from that, that, that phrase that, that God used with Moses. Same thing. I am who I am. Just don't be afraid. It's, it, is, it, is, it is I. 
don't be afraid. So again, it's almost that ring. It's, it's God here. You don't need to be afraid. It is I. What are you afraid of? What's going on that's scaring you? What's the fear in your life? Jesus, I pray that you help us in the moments where we feel scared, when there's not enough money to pay the bills, when people we love are are ill, when our own health fails. I just pray that we'll recognize you as God and recognize that you're with us wherever we go, whatever we do. Peter says, if it is you, then call me to you. Because in his head, that's his rabbi. And if his rabbi can walk in the water, he should be able to do what his rabbi does. So he says, if that's you, you call me to come walk to you. And Jesus says the scariest words, I think, in the Bible. goes, come on then, come. And he steps out of that boat and starts to walk towards Jesus. We don't know how far he walked, if it was like 50 meters, 5 meters, 1 meter. But he walked on the water. And when he notices the wind and the waves, and they must have been quite frightening for him to be put off, he starts to sink, screams for Jesus. Jesus immediately reaches out, grabs him, and takes him back in the boat. And I'm sure when he got in that boat, all the disciples going, what were you thinking? Look at you. You're wet. We're dry. But you know, if Jesus never, if Peter never got out that boat, I don't think he would ever have preached at Pentecost. He had to take the risk. And you know, for the rest of his days, he could say, I walked on the water with Jesus. I walked on the water. What risks are you prepared to take for your faith? Will you take the step out of the boat? I love it that Michael's in Australia. That he's taking the step to take a year out, give his some time to God, and go on as far away from his mum as possible <laughs> on Mother's Day. But what a what a man he is to take a step of faith. But what about you? What's your step of faith? Maybe just to say in your office, in your work, I'm a Christian, I follow God. Maybe to take a bigger step. Jesus, I pray that you challenge us to follow you, even into scary places. May we take steps of faith, leaps and bounds. May we know you and trust you in your name. Amen. One last thing, and then we'll finish-ish. When when he gets in the boat, it says he immediately arrives at this place, and they bring all the sick to him because they want him to touch his cloak. Now, let me see if I've got a, a picture. Can we forward to the one of the that one perfect thank you that's a prayer show 
okay, worn still by Jews today. Would have been worn by Jesus. Jesus would have had a, a prayer shawl on because he was a good Jew. Now, at the bottom of, of the things comes these four big tassely bits. So, you know what they're called? Four tassely bits are called sitzies. Sitzies, that's what they are. And there's, um, there's a verse in Malachi. It says, when Messiah comes, he will come with healing in his wings. If you take the prayer shawl, put your arms in and stretch out, you know what it looks like? It looks like wings. And you'll come with healing in his wings. Healing in his cities. These four tassels. There was a woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years. And she knew if she could just touch Jesus, that she would be healed. And she reached out and she touched him by the Sitsi. She touched his dangly bits that was hanging down through his clothes. And when she did, she was healed. So when it says these people wanted to touch the edge of his cloak, what they're saying, they, they want to touch his sitsis. And by doing that, they will be healed. And they were. All who touched were healed. Because when Messiah comes, he comes with healing in his wings. We believe here today that God still heals. He still cares, still loves. And maybe today you need a touch. Maybe today you need him to heal you. Maybe emotionally, physically, spiritually. But he is here for healing. Let me pray. And so, Father, we come to you. Jesus, we ask in your name that you heal us from our diseases. Heal us from our broken hearts, from our disappointment. Heal us from our bodies that don't work. We trust in you. We know that when we get to heaven, we'll get a new body. But even now, we pray that you make this body a bit better. Pray for those who've got a, a heavy heart this morning. Their, their heart's been broken by something big. Father, I pray that you heal their heart this day. For we ask this in your name.